another edition of the Goat Zoom Room. One day has passed for Royal Ask that we're going to be talking about Wednesday and Thursday's races. Lots of exciting action. A couple more group ones, some very exciting group twos. Andy, we had some pretty exciting performances on the Tuesday card by Eden the Queen Anne, uh, Nature Strip, and the King Stand, Paribas, and the St. James's Palace. So plenty of things for everybody on this Tuesday card. Was there anything that really, really surprised you? I mean, not really. I mean, maybe Caribus being a little keen behind horses, but um, I think I think for the most part, everything ran to form early on. Uh, good call on Brad Sell, by the way. Um, Thank you. <laughs> $16 winner. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to pick Dubai Future out of a lineup. So that's kind of on me. I had the wrong Godolphin horse, but... Uh, you know, it's one of those days to where strange things happen. And I think the track played really firm uh, today, this morning. It played a lot more firm than I was expecting to. I mean, they said it was firm, but I mean, it was like firm, firm. So definitely something to remember for the next couple of days. I think that's going to take some horses out of contention. Um, I'd say Nature Strip was my favorite performance today. I think a lot of people would agree. Baid did what he was supposed to do. I think he could have won that with a C effort. I mean, he just went out there, went through his gears, got everything done and saved something for something less than the tank in three weeks time or something like that. So very workmanlike performance from him. He didn't have to run up the score and put a Frankel like show up. I mean, I think he could be the caliber of Frankel. We'll have to see a couple more races, but he's just, he, he's not flashy. No. So, And he doesn't need to be flashy. He just, no. Needs to get the job done. And I think I think in the States they want to see Flash because that's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. And I think in Europe, Japan, Australia, just get the job done. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter how yeah, you we, do it. I mean look at Winks for a good example. Or Black Caviar. They nine out of ten times they did just enough to win. That's all they needed to do. Exactly. Yep, I would definitely kind of put Baid in that category as well. But let's go ahead and move on to Wednesday's affair. Have uh, four group races, one group one, three group twos. The Queen Mary is going to start us off on top. There's 21 runners in here. Don't know if anybody will come in or out. Guessing probably not. Uh, Dramatize is favored right now at 11 to 4, followed by Love Reigns. 7 to 2, Maria Branwell, 9 to 1. Everybody else is double digits. Um, what are you thinking? Is Love Reigns, you know, the one, even after what we saw with Golden Powell? Um, where do you rate her chances versus the rest of the field? I, I have this rule against Wesley Ward two-year-olds that if they make their debut before May and they come to, they come to Royal Ascot, I automatically throw them out. Um, it's just something I, I've always done. And it seems to have always worked for my for for my handicapping. I just think a they get way over bet in these situations, and b you know after seeing how the debacle with Golden Pal, I, I I can't guarantee it. Now the Philly ran on a firm surface on turf at Keeneland, but I still want to see. I would rather see a May mid May start for his horses because those are usually the ones that are more well meant for Royal Ascot in my, in my opinion. 
Okay. Well, I, I think I'm going to challenge you and take it on. I think I do want to take love reigns, even with the um, debacle with Golden Pal. I would hope that Ira Ortiz, even though it's not, you know, all of his fault, there were so many other things that went wrong that were just very out of character, things that they're not used to, but I would hope that he did learn something from that. Um, I like that it doesn't bother me the time that Love Reigns debuted. Um, and based off how she was rated and, you know, the speed figures that came back from that, they were actually better than Campanelli um, a couple years back. And she went on to win this race off of that form. So I think Love Reigns is coming in. I think she's one of the best two-year-old Wesley Ward has brought here. Um, I'm more inclined to believe that his two-year-olds are more well-meant over here than his older horses. So I trust him a little bit more with this filly than I did with Golden Powell. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with her. I was able to see that debut in person. I think she's just really, really nice. Just the way she did it was very mentally and physically ahead for a two-year-old, especially a really, really early two-year-old. You know, you have to take the travel and everything into effect. But she's looked really, really good in training. I think this firm ground is going to suit her. And I think the straight distance is going to suit her. So I do want to take her um, dramatized, certainly nothing to seize out. But I think she is at a disadvantage, drawn very far wide in that gate. You want more wider gates for longer races, not really the straight type of races here. So I think she's at a little bit of a disadvantage there. And I think Love Reigns is the better horse in general. Okay. Um I'm, I'm, I went back and I looked at all the race, all the horses that have come back in that race to see what's what's occurred, you know, just because you kind of want to do that, you kind of want to see it. Right. Um, only one horse came back to run. Only one horse came back to run well, and that's Dazzling Dominica, who who broke her maiden on dirt. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Rivka, a lot of them came back onto dirt. Yeah, Rivka. Kind of ran okay uh, last out, but I mean, I don't know. I I, I kind of like a couple of the Europeans in here. I think Maria Branwell is well meant here. I, you know, she ran really really strong in that race at Sandown Park. I watched I watched the video of it. She could have she could have easily had gone on. The only the only knock on her that I will say is I'm a little gun shy with the soft going um because obviously it's not going to be a soft going that that's kind of problematic but i still her and crispy cat coming out of the same race are both two horses that i'm really really wanting to see run the other horse is all the time uh for simon crisford uh, five length winner in a seven horse field really didn't need to do anything he was green at some point in time during the race uh, within like the last two furlongs and still ended up much the best. So um, I'm willing to take those three and, and not take the price on Love Reigns because Love Reigns is going to be such a short price. Yeah. And especially over here in the States, she'll be a short price. She's on William Hill at seven or seven to two right now. That would be a bet I would for sure take, but I, I should be way shorter than that over here. So I, I definitely hear you on that. And if you're wanting to make money on this race, probably not a bad idea. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the Queen's Vase. I had a little bit of trouble with this race, but I actually ended up on the Hani for several reasons. Um, I looked at and, you know, kind of compared his form versus the stable mate, Hoffett. Um, I, I just prefer Nahani 
with the firm ground. And he's also coming out of the Kazoo Derby. I know that's only been about 12 days ago. But I just think he was such a non-factor in that race that I don't think it took very much out of him. He was hot. They had the fireworks debacle, which he was one of the ones that spooked incredibly bad. So he just had a very rough go that he's going to get the ground he wants here. And I think he can really regroup and maybe against, you know, a little bit of a drop in class versus what he found in the Kazoo Derby because his form other than that is spectacular and really is almost grade one quality class. So I'm going to go with Mahani in this race. You stole my thunder. <laughs> I love, you know, the whole deal is, is that draw a line through that race, right? Because yes. of everything that happened, horses three out of four, could be four out of four, uh, if not for his debut on the synthetic. He's just, he's just a different type of horse, right? And I think the fact that you know, it's a three-year-old for, for Charlie Appleby, and it's a good dolphin, and all of this, and they're running this one long already. That says a lot for me as far as liking the horse. Um, I think he's better than Hafeet, who's probably going to go off at a better price, a lower price, mm-hmm. but the horse has already proven he's not. he doesn't want to win. I mean, right. at some point in time, the horse either knows where the wire is or doesn't know where the wire is. And this horse has a second by one and a half, a third by three quarters, a neck and a neck. Okay, um, that's enough for me to tell me I'm not. I there's other horses that I may want to play underneath. I mean, really, um, him underneath is fine. Um, but like Eldar Aldarov is a very intriguing horse because he's coming out of a race on synthetic. So you know you're going to get the. You know he can run on a firm surface if he's run on a synthetic. Um, both of his races have been pretty authoritative as far as how well he's run. And uh, Roger Varian, who's pretty much known for, you know, getting babies ready to run right off the right off their feet, is got some good three good three year old and older horses this year. And I just think it's it's worth a look. Yeah, I, I definitely don't mind that at all. If I had to give some shouts underneath, I would probably think of Baltic Bird and Zechariah. I think those are going to be horses that improve as the distances get longer. Um, definitely, you know, Baltic Bird bred kind of for this, and I think we'll take that step forward, maybe not on the same level as Nahani or Hoffit yet, but has Frankie Dettori for John and Daddy Gosden. That's nothing to sneeze at. So I definitely appreciate those two kind of at prices underneath. Um, you want to move on to the centerpiece for Wednesday, the Prince of Wales Estates? Yeah, you could. We're both on the same horse. Yeah, we both on the Japanese horse, Sharar. Uh, when I did some of my spaces and have listened to other people talk, um, they've made some cases for Baybridge, but 11 to 10 is on William Hill. Sharar, 7 to 2, State of Rest, 6 to 1, Lord North, 15 to 2, and Grand Glory, 11 to 1. Um, I, I just can't get on board at 11 to 10. And I can't get on board with a horse that, yes, he looks the part. Do I think he'll be a grade one winner in the in the future? I absolutely do. But against this group this fast, not so fast, especially at 11 to 10. Absolutely would never take that price. Um, these are multiple grade one winning horses. These horses travel well. The form for Shavar and State of Rest and Lord North has all stacked up extremely 
well. So for Bay Bridge to come out and beat all of these horses on the square right away would literally blow me away. And it will be kudos to him if he can do that. But I'm completely fading him in this race. I'm going to take Sharon Top because it seems like out of all the form, the uh, Dubai Shima Classic form has backed up the best. The um, the Japan Cup form has also backed up well, and the Japanese Derby form has backed up well. So I have no problems with anything that this horse has done. I think this is maybe a cut below the distance of what he wants to do, but he has been off for a little bit of time. So I think this is a good opportunity to get him back to the races. He loves a good to firm turf course. He has no problem traveling and he's adding blinkers. So that's it. Well, you, I mean, you basically said everything I was, I will say, you know, there's a race to, there's a race on Thursday. We're going to discuss that might've been a better spot for Bay bridge, which was, um, non-winners of a group one or a group two right and it's a stake race um tomorrow or thursday that i thought i think would fit better for him uh to be honest i, I you know the short price great wonderful great he's beaten adiab and that's pretty much it yeah and adiab honestly um He's never been the same since he came back from almost dying, and he didn't have his brown that day in the Brigadier Gerard. So, I mean, to go from that to beating, you know, these world travelers and these world beaters, I just think, I don't think it's impossible. I think he is a grade one caliber horse. I think he will be a grade one winner in a very short time, but I just think it may just be... <laughs> Not to have any puns here, I think it just may be a bridge too far in this race. Wow, um, you went there. Okay. <laughs> one that I would maybe be keen to use underneath would maybe be Grand Glory um, at 11 to 1. I think that's really great value on her versus this field. She may be a little bit of a cut below type of, you know, the way that State Arrest and Lord North are. One could argue that Lord North maybe wants to go a little bit longer than this, as does Sharab, as they are kind of the more talented horses in State of Rest. I like this horse and I think this is a good race for him, but he's a horse that shows up sometimes and sometimes doesn't. So Grand Glory would be the most consistent one for me that I would probably want to use behind Shawar because I think she's going to get in a good spot for this race. And I think she's being overlooked. I think, I think the horse that I would probably use underneath. And I, I mean, if, if I get 15 to two, eight to one, nine to one, I may use on top as well as Lord North. I mean, he's been beaten by Ellen Kerr twice, who's mm -hmm. who's no slouch um, at all, and you know, finish finish behind Magical and Tarnawa back two. I mean, in, at the Breeders' Cup turf three years ago or two years ago. Jeez, I'm way off. Um, but I mean, the horse the horse is a Grade One winner. He won this race back in in June of 2020. Why not give him a shot? And you know you're gonna get a price at it, but for my money, I think I think the Japanese horse wins this. I, I'm, I can't put anything past the Japanese at this point in time. No, and Royal Ascot's next on their list, so um, I don't want to say this horse is an easy winner in here, but because I mean it is a little bit cut below what he's used to. But I certainly think you know, as the odds would reflect at seven to two, I think that's a hell of a bet on Sharar. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the Duke of Cambridge stakes. Another 
Decently short field, only eight runners in here. It looks like the markets right now are three to one on Saffron Beach, 10 to three Mother Earth, seven to two on Bashkarova, 15 to two on Sablia, Spain. Everybody else is a little bit farther out. But when I look at this race, um, based off what happened with Aiden O'Brien on our first day, um, his barn is just kind of worried me this year. They've just never really been up to snuff. I thought Blackbeard was not necessarily a sure thing in the Coventry Stakes, but even running fourth, I thought he was a bit disappointing. And I thought the one that Frankie was on was disappointing. Um, I picked against Cleveland in the Copper Horse Stakes today because I thought something like that would happen. Um, so his barn, to me, I, I wanted to see them win one for me to, you know, really be a believer that this barn is back in a good place. And Mother Earth is just not the horse for me because I think she wants softer ground. Um, her record at Ascot is not good. And I just think she's kind of the horse that kind of like, quote unquote, as I say, likes to run with friends. I don't think she really cares too much about winning. And I think she could maybe be headed in the wrong direction. Um, three to one is a little bit of a stiff price on Saffron Beach. But I think the Mother Earth factor over here in the States will maybe get me four to one or so on Saffron Beach. And after what she's done recently, you know, the Dubai form is going to be frank. She does get a little bit of a weight penalty. But I think even with the weight penalty, she's head and shoulders the best horse in here. Um, when I first saw the race, I was like Mother Earth for the win, easy. Um, you know, she's faced again. She's always faced tough company. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, she only finished three links behind Baid and Palace Pier last year in the Queen Elizabeth, right? And um, she was actually entered in Baid's race today uh, or this morning, and ended up getting moved over to this race. Uh, she's finished ahead of Speak of the Devil, who likely is going to be Chad Brown's big turf filly in the States. But, man, the Haggis Barn is doing so well right now. And they're running on, they're running, they're just, he pointed for this. Um, so I'm going to go with Bash Karova here. Defeated, uh, defeated horses in the Princess Elizabeth at Epson 12 days ago. Getting wheeled back. She likes to get wheeled back this quickly. Um, she's shown that she can do it. Uh, so why not give her a gamble at a price? You know you're going to get a price on her. The other filly I kind of like, yeah, I like Saffron Beach, but I also think Saffron Beach is going to be such a low price that I don't know whether or not it'd be worth playing. And so I'll go with Bash Karova and then Saffron Beach and then Sibelia, Spain, just to go underneath. Okay, yeah, I certainly think uh, that makes sense. I don't see a ton of other speed in here, maybe the, other than November, so maybe she can hang on and get a decent finish. Um, I think this is one of her, you know, better distance. I maybe be inclined to see her a little bit shorter, but I like her better on a straight, so maybe we'll see how far she can go um, underneath. But I agree with you on Sibla Spain and Baskarova, and I won't be using mother earth really at all um she can make me a believer again but there's a couple more races left there's the royal hunt cup the windsor castle stakes and the kensington palace stakes on wednesday's card is there anything you particularly like in any of those races um anything that you want to shout out about or like a really good bet i'm all ears yeah you know uh as far as like oh boy let's see sorry i was like twirling down and I forgot the name of the horse, the race. Uh, Royal Hunt Cup, I think is a good watchable race. 
Um, probably going to be a good bettable race. There's just way too many horses that finish second. And if anything has taught me after today, it's um, anything can happen <laughs> with these types <laughs> of races. But if I have to give a shout out to a horse, it's Legend of Dubai for Roger Marion um, in that race. Um, I think of Soft Whisper. I think Soft Whisper runs to the my no non runner. She's non runner. I was gonna say if she was in, I would play her. Um, but no, um, that's probably it. I if you want a good price, maybe uh, pretty sweet with William Buick in the finale. Uh, draw a line through that all weather race, and she runs pretty good form on all weather surface. and. Um, should handle the firm going. She won over the firm going over at Bath in Somerset County. So those are the only ones I would I would take a look at. I was in agreement with you on the Royal Hunt Cup. Really good betting race. Uh, Legend Dubai would be the horse I would look to in there, but I'm not like excited to go play that race. I would say um, a couple other horses I want to talk about. Um, there's a heavy, heavy price, and the ones are Castle Shakes and Little Big Bear. And Little Big Bear's been well regarded, but he's not even as highly regarded as um, Blackbeard was. Blackbeard, I thought, was disappointing in the Coventry Stakes. So I wanted to take a little bit of a stab here with a horse that's 9-1 to one and could end up being the second or third choice. That's Chateau. I think this is definitely a horse that could be an each-way type of play. And actually, you know, even with the favorite in or out, this horse would be the horse that I liked. No matter what, I wrote a couple of notes about him. Um, like I said, I want to see if they know Barn gets Barn Barn gets going. That's kind of what I was talking about um, with Mother Earth. Um, Little Big Bear not as highly regarded as Blackbeard, and he was disappointing. And Chateau is extremely impressive on debut. I think this Boeing should suit him well. I think he's drawn a little bit more favorably than uh, Little Big Bear is. He's in the seventh position. Little Big Bear is stuck in the two, so I think he's drawn a little bit more favorably. And I really, really just think he's going to like this straight. I think he's going to hack up on this ground. So he's the one that I definitely want to play each way in here. And then I have a similar type of horse. I didn't really have anybody that I was super, super excited about to. But in the Kensington Palace stakes, um, I ended up on a little bit of a price in here. That one is far too shy with Tom Cleely up for George Margason, um, 12 to 1. Not super, super low. I know, Andy, you like pretty sweet at 22 to 1. I just thought Hazia for uh, Joseph O'Brien at 5 to 1 was beatable. And the same could really be said for some of the others. White Moonlight, 15 to 2. Um, Spirit of the Bay perked my interest a little bit. But I think that the Cox family is a little bit better with juveniles. So this horse being a four-year-old was a little bit of a, not necessarily a turn-off to me, but something that didn't pique my interest as much as Far Too Shy. Did so um Farty Shy and Chateau would probably be the two I'm looking forward to later on on the Wednesday card. So we're done with the Wednesday card. Yep. And now we'll move on to Thursday. And Thursday starts off with the group two Norfolk Stakes. Eleven are gonna run, two year olds, uh nine to four on the Antarctic, five to two, wall bank. Eight to one pillow talk, nine to one Brave Nation. Everybody else is double digits. I'll let you go first because you mentioned a horse that I'm also interested in this race. So, are we talking about Crispy Crispy Cat? Yes. Oh yeah. Um, 
next second to uh, Maria Branwell, who's running running on Wednesday. Horse looked really impressive in that race, actually. And I think there's a big upside to him. Uh, he's he's kind of like, man, he, you know he kind of grew when he was a $7,500 uh, purchase at one time, and they got 105000 from as a yearling. So um, I'm more than willing to take a shot at that one. I like Crispy Cat a lot. I do like the Aiden O'Brien, the Antarctic, but like as you said, he's um he's a little cold, but I can't ignore the breeding on him as he is a full brother to um, Batash. So got to mm-hmm. give him a look. And then I kind of like Bakil a little bit. Uh, he's on the improve. Could be worth a, a good look at a price as well in this race. I thought there was a number of different directions you could go in this race. I do like Crispy Cat. I think Crispy Cat would probably be my underneath play. Um, Wallbank is actually going to be my top selection here. I just think that this horse is coming in in really, really good form. Um, could have probably won on debut, but just got was a little bit keen behind Noble Style. Um, that one actually was taken out of contention for a race that's a very highly, highly regarded, regarded horse. And then hatched up by seven at York um, on a good surface as well and just did it quite easily, um, just traveled very, very nice. And um, his dam was a really nice two-year-old. So I'm going to go with Wallbank in here as my top selection. Has run well at Ascot in the past. York is very, very similar on that straight course. I think he's really going to move forward. And I definitely would love to use Crispy Cat in my second position, uh, Brave Nation is also intriguing. And I would probably throw in Antarctic uh, for the minors as well, simply because I respect the horse's form and I respect his pedigree, but he's not a win candidate for me, especially not at nine to four. Um, I think he'll, I'm not sure what price he'll be over here in the States, but with the Aiden O'Brien factor in this race, he's won a number of these races, uh, most recently Sioux Nation, Waterloo Bridge, um, and a couple of other ones, uh, known and ever for Wesley Ward. That's got the Coolmore tag to it. So not for me, but I wouldn't discount the chances. So Wallbank for me on top in this race. Moving Let's on. skip a couple ahead and move to the Group 2 Ribblesdale Stakes. Short field, only going to be a field of silks or six. See Silk Road, uh, favorite in here at 7-4, to four, Magical Lagoon, 10-3. to three. Four to one life of dreams, seven to one history, ten to one new catamal, and Mystic Wells, twenty-two to one. So not a lot separates this field. Um, Andy, I wasn't too too I don't know how to put it. I wasn't I don't really have a good feel for this race. Is it because of the short the short field or just in general? Just in general. I could see why. I mean, I, I, I kind of did the same thing. It's kind of like one of those races where you could see the favorite winning, but she's going to need to have it her own way. Mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, I'll, I'll take a stab and say life of dreams. Uh, Emily Upjohn probably would have ended up here if she would have run. Um, mm-hmm. And they didn't, they chose not to run her here. And she's just that Philly's probably the best Philly out of out of this group that would have run here. 
Um, so I'll give Life of Dreams a shot here. Uh, she hasn't done anything wrong, to be honest. And uh, probably play Magical Lagoon underneath. Uh, because, I mean, those are probably going to be the two horses that you might get a little bit of a price at. And right now you're getting 4-1 to one on Life of Dreams with William Hill and 10-3 to three for Magical Lagoon. And uh, let's see. Sea Silk is 7-4. to four. Uh, You can have 7-4. to four. I'm not taking it. Yeah, I think she prefers the um, soft a little bit more. I'm with you on Life of Dreams. Another one that interests me was um, New Catamount, a little bit of a price. Um, right behind Nashua and the Harris de Bogotal Phillies uh, trial, Nashua ran on to uh, run behind um, Tuesday and Emily Upjohn um, really, really well. I think that's good form. I think Nashua is a grade one winner in the making. And then um, – Moss, she's never been off the board. And then a little bit of a late starter to the race. She's only raced three times. And she raced on a good-to-firm mile here at Ascot. Uh, was just beaten by about a length to Grand Dame, who's also a really, really nice filly. Um, I think they're wanting to step her up and trip and kind of moving her toward that direction. She would probably be the underneath play for me, Moss. But at 10 to 1, with her breeding and the backlash she has, I really can't pass that up. I, I, I can't argue with any of what she said. I mean, it's just, it's pretty simple. It's, the horses are, the horses are going to move, are, it's a short field and anything can happen, to be honest with you. Yeah, I can see a number one winning, number of them winning it, or I can see a number of them flopping. To be honest, well, let's move on to the centerpiece for Thursday's card. Really one of the top races when it comes to Royal Ascot in general. I typically would think of a race like this. It's the Ascot Gold Cup. Won three times previously by Stradivarius. Um, was beaten by Subjectivist last time out. He's going to get us ground this week. It's going to be firm. It's going to be just how he likes it. Um, he and Kiprios are nearly even in the markets right now. Seven to four Kiprios. 9-4 Stradivarius, 11-2 on Trushan, who will be a non-runner. 8-1 Princess Zoe, everybody else is double digits. So, Andy, is the old man, can he gut it out one more time? I really want to fade him. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this race came up, the minute, the minute, um, Trushan got scratched. It pretty much shot me to to downgrade this race. Um, can he win? Yes. At the price he's probably going to be, I I can't I can't uh, like him. Um, so I'm sure somebody's going to be like, "How dare you say bad things about that horse?" Uh, I'll go with Princess Zoe though. I mean, she ran. I mean. She should never have been in the long jeans, red sea turf, right? I mean, State Foolish yeah. came back to win a grade one, a group one there in uh, Saudi. Uh, Philly, this is more of the Phillies' best efforts here. Uh, she does run well at, at Royal Ascot. You get, you get her coming off of a win where Quickthorn came back to win next out. Uh, you're gonna get a price on her. Take take a gamble with her. It's a short field. 
And, you know, Kiprios will probably probably be on the front end with uh, Earl of the Earl of the Cotswolds. Uh, so I, I kind of like her a little bit in this spot. She would probably be the direction I would lean as well, and nothing's knock against Stradivarius. I would be extremely happy to be wrong and see him win this race. I just think he's maybe not the same horse, but he is going to get everything he wants in this race. He's going to get his firm ground. Frankie's back up. Kushan is not in the race. And I think it may be a bit too much too soon for Kiprios. Um, he, may be going to, he may go on to be the best one of this lot. Um, I, I just think it's a little bit too soon. So I would probably lean toward Princess Zoe, especially if I can get her anywhere near 8-1. to one. Now that Anthony Mullins is kind of training her to run on the firm ground, I think, you know, she would definitely hack up if it was a good too soft but Trushan would also be in here and he would definitely have a big chance as well so uh, she still appeals to me especially at a price that would be inclined to not only use Stradivarius but Mojo Star stepping up and trip underneath and I think Tashcon's kind of interesting at 40 to 1 with a little bit of a um, little bit of a price he may run elsewhere later on the week we'll see if he's still in um, in a few hours time but Princess Zoe for me with Mojo Star and Stradivarius um, but would love to see the old man get it done. There is one more graded stake race for Thursday. It's the Group Three Hampton Court Stakes. Her Majesty the Queen has a very heavy favorite in here and Reach for the Moon eight to thirteen. Claymore six to one. Cresta nine to one. Everybody else is double digits, but still to six again. So Anthony, do you want to see these famous colors in the winning circle and get um, Her Majesty? One win here for Royal Ascot. Is my name Anthony now? <laughs> I'm tired. I'm telling you, I'm tired. <laughs> That's payback for calling Andrew Adam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, uh, Her Majesty, Majesty the Queen always wins a race here. Um, this was a race I was talking about. Might have been better for for Bridge, right? Um, might have been a, he he might have even been a price here and would have been worth the play uh because of his because of who's he who he's facing here i'll take claymore he's yeah. he got beat by modern games chase native trail beat my prospero uh so i can't you can't go wrong with him the other horse i kind of like a little bit here obviously is reach for the moon i think those are the only two that really really intrigued me um, compared to everybody else. But I, I get a price with Claymore, and um, I think that's that's worth the play there. The only problem with Babe Ruth being in this race is this is for three-year-olds only. Yeah, I know. I just saw that. <laughs> that's your comeuppance for calling me out on the Anthony thing, which truthfully – I didn't even know I said that. I think I'm still a bit concussed from last week. I've been saying some crazy things lately. So You, you want to hear? Okay, hold on. Everybody needs to get behind the curtain. No one knew about your concussion, right? I I didn't use it like as a beginning deal or anything. <laughs> but here, here, is, here is my comeuppance for everything I've ever done when it comes to making fun of you. I was walking. From the garage to the house today, tripped over my feet, twisted my ankle, dropped 
a gallon of iced tea on the ground, broke the iced tea, have bruises all over my body, and a twisted ankle. So I have I I am paying restitution in full for everything I've made fun of previously. Now, that's definitely a bigger deal than normal because I mean stuff just be expensive in this economy right now. So I don't even want to know how much you paid for that gallon of sweet tea. Like that's tragic. Um uh probably about four or five dollars. <laughs> so was probably about two bucks more than it would have been at one other time. At, this isn't a political show. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> I know. I just think I, after I after I said what I said about about that about that one horse, it, it dawned on me that he was an older horse, and that's probably why he wasn't entered here. Well, to be fair, he's not much older. He's only a four year old, so I mean, it's not like he's like eight or anything. I might as well have been. Well, I'm going to stick with Reach for the Moon for this race. I think he's a really exciting horse. I think he could be much, much better than this field. And I was kind of wanting to see him in some of the classic races. Um, he may just not be at that level just yet. And they may be, you know, trying to work him up to that. He runs well on any type of surface, whether it's good to soft, good to, form, good to firm. Um, doesn't really matter for him. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with him. In this race, but the one I would probably use underneath would probably be Max Sud. Um, that's a name that I recognize. Um, he's only raced two times. I was impressed with his um, debut at Windsor. Um, didn't run completely up the smoke last time out on the soft surface, but I think he's going to be better over a firm going. So I'd be inclined to use him for second. Hopefully, hopefully that his class kind of comes to more fruition he is a really really lightly race horse but i think you know the distance and the firm surface is going to be a little bit better for max sud so i think he would probably be my second position and here and then definitely i can see where you're going with claymore but there's really not much else in there no i agree um of all of all the cards that i've seen for this i think this the thursday card is probably the least like exciting for me I guess mm -hmm. is a good way. Um, nothing really sticks out. I mean, let let's get props. I mean, people should really be sending you like PayPal um, tips, right? Mm -hmm. Because they they made money off of you um, in the first four races. Um, you had the you had the trifecta in one race, the exact in another race, top choices in two races. I mean. I don't know what else you need to do to to solidify yourself as the queen of of Royal Ascot, but I mean you you killed it, and um, you know I, I'm just going to take your cues from now on. Well, I guess picking Golden Pal was my undoing for the day, and I was shunned on social media for it. So I appreciate the props. It's probably the nicest thing anybody said to me today. Uh, I don't understand. So I'm going to go off on a rail here. I don't understand how one race makes it to where you you did anything wrong, right? It's like you had nature strip uh, nature strip in there. And the, well, yeah, the I mean, if Golden Powell couldn't get it done, nature strip was the likely winner. Yeah. I just you know I had I had a, an opinion that a lot of other people had. Um, I thought Golden Powell was maybe the superior horse at this distance. 
And Nature Strip is kind of a quirky horse. Sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't. Golden Cow does too, for that matter. Um, Twilight Falls ran well. I don't know what happened to King's Lynn. And I really wanted to maybe give a shout out to Aquam Express, but his form had just gone so sour. And he was best in Dubai. He ran on for third and, you know, ran well. But I mean, it's not my fault Golden Cow missed the break, but Nature Strip did what he was, hey, you know, supposed to do. So who's the one that dropped the rider? Um, the name started with a K. Let me go back and look at it. Uh, really, you really don't. You can tell me later. I just, for whatever reason, I I still can't figure out who who dropped the rider. So down. Okay. <clears throat> so obviously declared an onward. And I would and I would also like to thank uh, Barshu for fading uh, Star Safari and ruining any chance he had at winning by picking him. Um. He ruined it. I was going to make a big bet on him and decided against it at the last minute. Uh, as I joke, where, where did that horse even finish? He's still running. <laughs> He's still running. Um, Boy, Dubai's future came out of nowhere. Cadillac ran well in that race, but I don't think I could have sniffed Dubai's future in there at 25 to 1. I just I, really don't. I, I was even going to mention him yesterday just because he. he he came out of almost the same exact race as a Star Safari, but his form was so bad that you couldn't. You could if he was on a missing persons milk carton, you still wouldn't have picked him, right? No, I, just, I agree, and he was even a higher price over there than he was here. I think the Godolphin factor kind of brought him down a little bit here in the states. Well, is there anything on Thursday's card in some of the other races? The King George and Fifth Stakes, the Britannia, or the Buckingham Palace that really stand out to you that we haven't discussed the only thing that stands out to me is that there is one incredibly good maiden running in the fifth race at royal ascot by judd mott uh thesis it's finished okay. second 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 third and against a similar company and i just you know if you're going to use any horse underneath that would be the horse. Uh, there are a lot of horses that are undefeated in that race. I think it's incredibly salty. And I wouldn't want to be the one to pick a winner there. I mean, I'll put it out later on who I think might win. But um, I'll give you a horse that I think all of a sudden is going to be looked at a little differently. And that's Mr. McCann. And all because of Maljoon. Coming out okay. of that German 2000 guineas, Maljum almost caught Corbius. If it was like an eighth of a furlong more, I think he he wins that race. Um, he came out of nowhere in that race. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm willing to take at twenty to one. Yeah, put a couple bucks on it. Yeah, why not? But that's about I'd it. Say, I'd say the only other one I would maybe mention would be I'm pretty keen on Israr. And the King George V stakes um, don't care too much for Newfoundland for the Aiden O'Brien barn. Um, nicely bred horse wouldn't be impossible, but this is another really, really tough race. Um, Secret State for Charlie Applebee's and their Daniel Tudhope and William Haggis with post impressionist. But I thought there, this was a race that could go many different directions, and I thought there was plenty of like with Israel and Jim Crowley and John and Fatty Gosson. You can't go wrong in this type of race with them, so that was the only other one that I really really liked each way on the Thursday card. But 
Who is your best bet going to be for Wednesday? Oh, you have to ask. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. Man, that's such a... You know what? I'll go with Sharir. Okay. Well, I will pick a different one. Why, was that yours? He is one of my better bets, but I don't want it to be the same, so I'll probably go with Saffron Beach or Chateau. Okay. And then what about what about the uh, the Wednesday card? Thursday. Thursday card. Sorry, man, it's late. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to get sleepy. Um, probably Wallbank for me on the Thursday card. Um, Isbrar is another one I really like a little bit later on, but everything else, the Ribblesdale Stakes and the Gold Cup, are kind of I'm just like, I don't know. What are you thinking? Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to take a flyer with Claymore. Okay. All right. I like that. Well, second, second highest rated horse in the field. Might as well take a shot at him and, uh, hope he hits. <laughs> Bring us out. <laughs> this has been another edition of the Goat Zoom Room. We will be back a little bit later on in the week to discuss Friday and Saturday's races. Got some fun and exciting races coming up on Friday and Saturday. The Group 1 Commonwealth Stakes, the Group 1 Coronation Stakes. And then on Saturday, it's going to feature the Grade 1 of Platinum Jubilee. First year, it's going to be the Platinum Jubilee um, in honor of Her Majesty the Queen. would love to see her make it out to the races. But, Andy, it's been great. I hope our Royal Ascot does continue to be profitable and everybody else's as well. And the weather stays good. Definitely.